0: episode 46
1: hey this is laura peterson host of copy that pops podcast and if you want to make your relationships pop you should be listening to build your network with my good friend travis chapel
0: you have the ambition if you're listening to this then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network if that's you and only if you're serious you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, Beats Headbones, etc., etc., then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there and now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest laura peterson laura is a tall math and psychology teacher turned podcasting entrepreneur best-selling author international speaker and super connector she's passionate about helping other business owners leverage effective writing and applied psychology for more success in online business specifically she's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs become best-selling authors and leverage books for more industry authority media exposure and sales even without a big email list, ad budget, or previous publishing experience, with her effective biz book secrets course and Facebook community. She's also a partner at Accelerant Media Group with Brandon Adams, helping high level entrepreneurs via brand building and collaborative events. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Why don't you uh, go ahead and expound on the intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And I, I think it's really appropriate that we actually met at a networking event and your show is all about connecting and networking. So I feel like that's such an appropriate start <laughs> to our getting to know each other. <laughs>
0: makes, makes a but lot yeah, of sense.
1: So, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're living by example. <laughs> So I guess in my story, the way I describe it is, you know, I am a tall teacher turned entrepreneur. My background, I was a big nerd in school, and I just kind of thought the recipe to success was to do really well in school, get a job, stay there, save every penny you can, and, and that'll be it. And when I was in my early 20s, I studied abroad in Germany for a year which really opened up my mind to a lot of things. And then I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And those two things combined just made me go, oh my gosh, I want to own real estate and start companies and travel the world and be a digital nomad and be able to work from anywhere on my laptop. Mm -hmm. So that kind of started a big shift, but it took me a little while to kind of figure that part out. So I did end up getting a master's degree in education and I taught high school math and psychology for about five years. And then when I transitioned into entrepreneurism, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm burning the ships. I'm doing it. I don't care what what's going on. I'm doing it. I started a tutoring and test prep company because that's a natural extension from what I already knew and was doing. And that company is called student tutor and it's still alive and growing but I've become a silent partner just because my heart kind of fell out of the SAT prep and math tutoring world. And I got more and more into podcasts and writing books and digital marketing and all that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of what's brought me to where I am today in terms of the business side of things.
0: What exactly was the catalyst that made you want to start your podcast specifically?
1: Oh, good question. So I got into podcasting in general, I would say about 3 or 4 years ago. So right now it's 2017, so must have been around 2014 or 13. I'm kind of forgetting the time frame, but I love Tim Ferriss and the 4-hour work week. Hmm. And when he started his podcast, I immediately started listening to it and catching up on all the episodes I had missed since he started it, because I just love everything that he does. So that was pretty much the only podcast I ever listened to as a listener. And then a great friend of mine named Dominic Sirianni, he was the host of a podcast for the Internet Marketing Association. And that one's called I Am a Leader. And so he was the host of it. He has an amazing voice for radio. <laughs> it's like awesome. You hear it and you're just like, wow, you should be on the radio because it's such a good voice. But he also has a full time job. He's head of this huge company in education in Arizona. So that was kind of a, a side gig for him. It wasn't his full time thing. So he asked me, knowing that I'm a big nerd for writing and I was getting more and more into social media. This is a couple of years ago. He asked me, would you listen to my episodes, the audio before they go live, write up the show notes and then pull quotes and craft tweetables and create images that we could share to really promote the show. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. So together as a team, he did all the audio creation and production. And then I did all the content marketing afterwards. And what we realized after a little while of doing that together, that what we had as a team was a really great business opportunity to actually help other people do that. So we started taking on clients Hmm. and it grew completely organically, naturally, just through our own network and word of mouth. And so that was about two years ago that we started taking on clients. And I helped other people start from absolute zero, you know, no idea to completely launched on iTunes and all all the other platforms and creating content to really promote their show and grow it. And I realized if I'm helping people do this, I should have the full experience myself too from zero Hmm. because I had kind of always come into shows Or I'd been helping you once they were already going, but I was like, okay, I really need to know the full thing. So I decided to start my own show, which is called Copy That Pops. And I started that in April of 2016. So it's been just over a year and a half. And it's been an amazing experience for so many reasons. We can totally get into that. For one, speaking, I feel more confident speaking. And for two, which you'll really love, is just the power of the networking mm. that you're able to do with the guests that come on your show is huge.
0: So true. I was just having this conversation yesterday with somebody, just the level of guests that I was able to get that I just never thought would give me the time of day. Mm-hmm. And I came across really, really timidly just asking for one or two minutes of their time just to more of a jab, 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 right hook type of approach instead of just coming out and saying, Hey, be on my mm-hmm. podcast. I was just like, Hey, I really like what you do. And would you give me a couple minutes of your time at some point? And, and two of the specific cases that I'm thinking of, they are both like, you know what, man, I'm actually really busy. I don't, I don't have time for that. And, you know, I have, I have people that pay for my time and mastermind calls and it would be unfair to them if I hopped on the call on the phone call for free. And I was like, no, I understand. I understand. And somehow I would mention something about the podcast or one of them just saw that my email signature said I was a podcaster and then they both offered to be on the show. So, it was just like it was a big yeah. aha moment for me because I was just like wow so you didn't want to take three minutes just to hop on like a no agenda phone call that just so I could keep an open line of communication with you but you're willing to sit on a 45 minute podcast interview mm-hmm. let me record it and publish it to the world <laughs> you know so it was a yeah. big, big uh, aha moment for me it's a huge and a huge opportunity to expand your network in a really good way yes so copy that pops Absolutely, and help a lot of people become best-selling authors and stuff like that as far as uh, Amazon all that kind of stuff goes. And you are actually one yourself. Is that right? Yes. What book yeah. what Book were you writing that ended up becoming a bestseller on Amazon? This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with
1: Yeah, so you mentioned Brandon T. Adams, who's now a business partner of mine. So I actually jumped in his very first mastermind group, an accelerator. And this was last year, so October of 2016. And we had never met before, but I jumped into this accelerator. And I was like, Okay, I'm ready to just take everything to the next level. And He saw some of the emails that I had written to him and they were super detailed, very organized, clear. And he's like, whoa, like no one else is writing this kind of stuff to me, you know, for the homework assignments of reflect on your obstacles or your goals and things. And he said, do you have a book? And I was like, no. And he's like, are you planning to write one? I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe in the future. I didn't really thought about it. He's like, you need to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) So during the accelerator, (laughs) during the accelerator, I decided, okay, I'm going to do it. And I thought I could take 30 years to write it, I could take 30 months to write it, or I could take 30 days. And I decided to do it in 30 days. So (laughs) I wrote, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like having a fire completely under your butt to get you moving on something. So I wrote self-published and hit number one Amazon bestseller in my category of podcasts and webcasts for my book. And it's called Copywriting for Podcasters, How to Grow Your Podcast Brand and Business with Compelling Copy.
0: Wow. So what time frame was this in relation to your podcast?
1: Oh, good question. So I started my podcast in April 2016. I started writing the book in October of 2016 and published it in November of 2016.
0: Okay, and did you see any sort of listener growth after you released the book, or was it more for just clout, so to speak, or legitimacy? Yeah,
1: you know, the biggest month I had up to date was that December, that very following December. I also, I can say I published more episodes that month than normally, because up till that time, I was publishing six per month, and in December, I published 11, because I was releasing promotional things. So for example, what I also discovered while I was writing the book because I wanted to get contributions from influencers in the book. And so JLD is an example. And I know you've had John Lee Dumas on your show and Brandon made the connection with, for me with JLD. And I asked him, could I include your thoughts in the book on something? But what I had realized as I started reaching out to people that some were resisting sending me something in writing, but I was like, wow, if I reached out to podcasters and asked that, you know, I'm like 10 minutes is all you need. I'll record it. And whatever you say, I will both run it as a podcast episode. And I'll also transcribe it and edit it up and put it into the book where it makes sense. So you get two bangs for the buck. You get to be in the book and you get to be on the podcast would you be willing to spend 10 minutes of time? And they were like, sure. Hmm. So I kind of realized that too on how I could get influencers to be in the book. So when I released the book in November, that December, I was trickling out more and more of those episodes, kind of like exclusive, like this is in the book, but if you want to hear it when we actually recorded it and get all the actual energy behind the tone and the language that we talked about from the book, then you can hear on the podcast. So Hmm. that month was like a huge spike in growth for the show.
0: Now, there's been a mix of both of these so far in this conversation. So I'm interested to hear your answer to this question, Laura. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like it's definitely a mix because so many... I talk about psychology a lot too, and it kind of reminds me of like the nature versus nurture debate. Is it inborn or is it learned? Ultimately, it's both. But I feel like... If people don't have connections, if you don't follow the who you know, you can only get so far with the what you know. Hmm. So I feel like it's super important. I would say, okay, if I had to tip a scale, so I'd say they're both important, but if I have to tip a scale, it's the who.
0: Okay. All right. Well then tell us about a time (laughs) in your life, Laura, when a connection led to a moment of success, specific time.
1: Okay. Let me think here. So My husband and I were actually living in Europe when I started my podcast. I was living in Germany and we came back in August, September of 2016, right before I joined the accelerator with Brandon and did all this other stuff. And right when I came back, like the very like next day, a girlfriend of mine said, Hey, there's this meetup happening it's like a two hour drive away from you, but come on down, come with me and we'll go to this meetup around podcasting. I was like, okay, sure. So I'm just open to stuff. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't even know anyone. And actually this girlfriend I had only met online. I never even met her in person. So I was just completely open to something that maybe would be a little bit scary for some people to think about doing. And I drove down there and I went to this meetup and at the meetup, I ended up meeting at the very last minute, just for a minute the founders of Podcast Movement, Hmm. Jared Easley and Dan Franks, (laughs) who I think you know, too, because we just saw each other at Podcast Movement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I met them very, very briefly. And I ended up following up with Jared and saying, if there's anything I could do to help with Podcast Movement, let me know. And he pretty much was like, oh, thanks, but no. (laughs) But I kept engaging and I was active in the Facebook group. And when I wrote the book, I ended up reaching out and saying, hey, I would love to have you be a contributor to the book? You know, because I mentioned that I wanted people in the podcast world and writing world and things to contribute to the book. And he said, sure. So that was the next little step in building a relationship with him. And I had a couple of things go a little bit wacky while I was publishing the book because I'd never done it before, and it was 30 days. But I came very clean with everyone. I was super open. I did Facebook lives and said, "Hey guys, here's how I messed up. Here's how I'm fixing it. Oh well." And he even responded to me like, "I really think how you're handling this is so positive and so mature, and such a great thing. I'm just really impressed. Like, good job." And I was like, "Wow, that's so cool." So. I then saw that he was doing a podcast cruise. So it was basically like a mini version of the podcast movement, but Mm -hmm. on a cruise. And I had seen that JLD had gone to that the year before and a bunch of other influencers was like, oh, I want to be a part of that. So I signed up and I reached out to him and I was like, hey, Jared, I signed up to this. I'm so excited, but I don't have someone coming with me. Do you know anybody else that maybe I could room with? Because if you go on a cruise by yourself, you have to pay for two people for the room. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he connected me with somebody and ended up asking me if I wanted to speak and present on the cruise. And I was like, uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. (laughs) So, so then from there at the podcast movement, I was also, I did virtual presentation. So that going to one meetup where I didn't know anybody has led to two speaking opportunities, getting the founder of podcast movement in my book, building relationship with him and others. So It's just amazing what can happen if you take those steps forward and are open to meeting people.
0: So true. With that being said, and after hearing a powerful story like that from you, why do you think, Laura, that so many people fail at on purpose building their network?
1: Hmm. I think that we psychologically are adverse to pain. We all are. And there are things that I try to avoid, too, because I don't like feeling embarrassed or dumb or awkward so we all have it but i feel like some people maybe wouldn't go to something unless they had a friend right next to them and sometimes going with a friend is the worst thing you can do because then you just sit there and chat with your friend and you're not open to meeting other people hmm. so i think just the fear of that anxiety or stress or a little bit of emotional pain from putting yourself out there and feeling awkward for a while i think that holds people back But I think if you look at it as almost like a fun game and kind of reframe it and say, the more times I do this, not only is it going to get easier and easier and I'm going to care less and less, not going to bother me as much, but I'm also going to just open up to so much opportunity and possibility that I can't even think right now. Like I could never have predicted, Hey, if I go to an event, I'll probably be speaking on stage soon. Like you don't know that you just go and the world just opens up. So I think not letting that, pain or anxiety or awkwardness feeling and fear of feeling that hold you back, push through it and do it anyway.
0: And I love what you said there about just changing your mindset about it, because it's one thing just to say, hey, well, just don't be afraid of it, (laughs) you know, because that's a huge Mm -hmm. fear of especially a lot of people, a lot of introverts, too. So instead of just saying, hey, don't be afraid of it, it's change your mindset about it and think of it in this light instead of thinking about it in this light. That's a really, really powerful way to overcome those kinds of fears that might be holding you back from meeting the people that you really want to meet. Laura, we talked about Mm -hmm. a lot of different stuff today, but if you had to boil it down to just one tip, just one thing that you would really stress has helped you network the best, what would that one tip be?
1: I think it really is to take stock in who is around you mm-hmm. all the time because we are such social creatures and people rub off on us and we emulate those who are around us more than we realize. Even if you think you're immune to it, you're not. <laughs> so I think to really take an analysis of Who is in your head? Whose words are you listening to? Whose advice are you taking to heart? It is incredibly impactful. And you want to start to reduce the time that you're spending with people who are negative or don't understand your goals and therefore just can't possibly support it. And maybe not maliciously, but they just don't understand. You know, I have a lot of dear friends from childhood who just don't get it and it's not that I never speak to them again, but we just aren't as close anymore. We don't spend as much time together. But now I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs and they're always thinking of new business ideas and thinking of new ways to collaborate and connect. And that just raises you up in so many ways, not just through the language and the self-talk that's going on in your head and what you see and think is possible. And that's so, so powerful.
0: And talking about auditing your inner circle, Throughout your career, how important have mentorships been for you?
1: That's a good question. When people ask, like, do you have a hero? I always just can't even begin to answer because I don't really use that word and I don't think of it that way. And mentors, I kind of don't really either. I mean, there are people that I respect and listen to and take their words to heart. So, for example, and we talked about this at Podcast Movement, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Hmm. He and I have never met, not yet, (laughs) but I listen to all of his podcasts because I love podcasts now and I put it on when I'm washing dishes or walking the dog or driving around Mm -hmm. town and running errands. So... I guess in a sense, he's like a mentor from mm-hmm. afar. So I am I take his words to heart and his advice and respect what he says. And it does influence me. But in the sense of the word that most people maybe use it, I don't really know if I have mentors.
0: Okay. When you say that, are you talking more about like, hey, look, I've never really sat down and had a one-on-one consultation and paid money to have somebody be my mentor. But is, yeah. that, is, that, more, is that more what you mean or...
1: Yeah, I guess so. I I mean, Brandon T. Adams, who's now a business partner, in a way, he's sort of a mentor. I've never said that out right. loud in that mm-hmm. way. Right. But in a sense, you know, because he's a few steps ahead of me in certain ways. So I do respect his advice and ask yeah. him for his opinions on those things, you know, in past teachers or TAs and courses and people who are just a few steps ahead of you, I think are great mentors, mm-hmm. if you use that word, or just maybe people that you want to spend more time with because you're going to, just grow
0: from that. That was really the point that I was trying to bring out is, is yeah. that right there is that when I think of the word mentorship, there's a few different things that come to mind. Most people would think of it in the way that we had talked about previously about like, well, I sat down, we have a contract, I pay him the X amount a month. He keeps me, mm-hmm. you know, going on all, every, all my goals or whatever, but that does not have to be the only definition of mentorships. And I think that it's equally as important, if not more important to have several unofficial mentors, just people that when you come to a crossroads in your business, you can Reach out to—they're a few steps ahead of you. They've been there before, and you can just ask them a quick question. And it's an open line of communication, and they're willing to respond back to you and shoot you a piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is equally as important, or more important, like I said, about doing that rather than always worrying about having an official mentorship contract (laughs) drawn up with you and for
1: sure, yeah. And I just want to add something to that. I think that it's so funny the way that you meet somebody sets the tone for your relationship. So if you meet someone and they're the speaker and you're not a speaker and you meet them to get a book signed or do a photo, you instantly are in a lower position than they are. Hmm. Even if they don't mean to, it just happens. Like we like to put things in hierarchies, but if you meet someone at a casual meetup where no one's the official leader, just kind of all chatting, or you maybe meet them at a volleyball game and you're just both playing volleyball, you become friends and equals, even if that person is crazy far ahead of you. (laughs) So I would say to try as much as you can to meet people who you want to connect with, in a zone where you're coming in it with more equal footing and you can start the relationship off as friends and you don't instantly just go to like, Hey, I would love your advice. Please, please, please can have your advice, but more yeah. rather like, Oh, Hey, like, where are you from? Like, what are you into for fun? You know, just like how we connect as friends, just so much more powerful for getting what you need and want and making it a more mutual relationship of equals. Cause I have friends that, I maybe even haven't spoken to in 15 years, but if they call me, I will answer their call and I will do almost unlimited things to help them out for free. But this someone else that I met in a different way. And they're like, Oh, I love your work. Can I please talk to you? I'm instantly going to be like, well, I do charge for that. <laughs> so if you can meet people on a more equal friendship and build a real rapport and relationship beyond just business, I think that that's even better and potentially more powerful with people who are a few steps ahead of you.
0: I love that advice too. That is one reason that I really wanted you to come on the show is I was really impressed with how you went about building relationships at Podcast Movement. And I think what you're saying is super, super important and often very overlooked and just differentiating yourself from the hundreds or thousands or dozens, depending on who you're talking to, of of other people that reach out to that person and everybody Mm -hmm. goes up to them at an event and talks to them for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and tries to make an impression. But if you can figure out a different Mm -hmm. setting to try to meet somebody and sit down and get to know them as a person than exactly what you said. It changes the entire dynamic of the relationship. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was really deep, practical advice. I really appreciate that. And then kind of on the podcast movement thing, can you talk to us about your follow-up process? Because that was another thing that I was impressed by.
1: Oh, thank you. So I actually carried around with me a little notebook whenever we were at the sessions and Sometimes while I was talking to somebody or right after, and even if it was while I was talking to them, I would say, oh, I just need to write that down because I don't want to forget. So that I had notes to follow up with later, because when you're at a networking event, you're talking to so many people and everything's so amazing, but you just can't possibly keep it all straight in your head. Mm. And so I actually physically took notes. And in my notebook, I actually, when I went back to the hotel in the night, I would tape their business card to the piece of paper next to the notes or tape the business card first and then write the notes still fresh in my mind that night. So that when I looked at it a few days later, when I was back home, I would remember what we talked about and I could follow up from that. So I think that is one of the biggest tips I could give. Sometimes I also like to just connect with people, right? As we're standing there on Facebook, if they're comfortable with that, just because I'm on Facebook nonstop. And if we're kind of both at top of mind and start engaging with each other's posts and things, Mm -hmm. then it's easier to kind of keep building that relationship versus just wait, send one email, wait a week to get the response. And it's kind of a more slow distant mm-hmm. sort of way to connect.
0: Yeah, and I second that. That's exactly what I do is just, well, hey, are you on Facebook, which everybody is, <laughs> and then I pull out my phone. <laughs> I May mean, I just as a friend real quick and then just go check out their profile, engage on a couple of posts that they recently did, like and comment a couple things, and then mm-hmm. Facebook will help you return the favor and show them your posts so they can have the opportunity to like like and comment on yours. And if they do that once or twice, then your posts will come back to the top of, of their feed, their post will be at the top of your feed, and then mm-hmm. you can see each other and exactly what you're saying. Start building an actual relationship from the point that you met instead of just getting a business card and tossing it in the trash the next day. So Laura, so much mm-hmm. awesome, awesome advice from me today. <laughs> I wish we could talk a little bit more about it, but we got to move into something that I like to call the random round, which is basically just a few quick Ooh. questions with a few quick random answers. You ready?
1: Sure, sounds exciting.
0: <laughs> this is the random round. What profession, other than your own, do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: I always say if everything crashed and burned and I had to start from zero, I would do photography for real estate agents.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: Okay, so of course, Gary Vee is up there, but my edge amount just a little bit is Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's an astrophysicist, and I'm so appreciative and impressed and thankful for what he's doing for science and education. And I think he's hilarious and entertaining and so knowledgeable. So I think I'd have to give it to Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: <laughs> How do you like to learn best, books, blogs, or
1: podcasts? Hmm, I like them all. <laughs> I'm a nerd for can I say all, right, all well, the above? I'm it, a nerd. I'll, I'll take it anyway.
0: If that's your answer, you got to give me one of your favorite books, one of your favorite blogs, and one of your favorite podcasts.
1: Ooh, okay. So favorite podcast right now is Gary Vee Audio Experience. Favorite book of all time is Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Workweek. And favorite blog, I'll shout out Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: Ooh, so recently I have kind of a new version and I'm really loving it. So I live just a couple of blocks away from the Bay here in San Diego. So I've been walking my dog. He's a little 10 pound Chihuahua miniature pincher mix. We walk to a local coffee shop, get a coffee. They have free doggy bones and I grab a couple of those and then we walk to the Bay and I sit in the sand. And I throw little pieces of bone out as far as I can for him to go chase and get and come right back. And that's sort of my time to just like clear my head and think of ideas without worrying about work quite yet, you know, let ideas just come and go and get some fresh air, run the dog around. And then I walk back and that's when I sit down to start working and look at my calendar what's up for the rest of the day.
0: What is your go to pump up song?
1: Ooh, okay. The first thing that comes to mind is Vivir La Vida by Mark Anthony. It's a salsa song. I love salsa dancing. So oftentimes I'll put that on and just salsa dance in my room <laughs> if I just wanna like hype up the energy.
0: <laughs> what are you not very good at?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I always say I'm not very good at sales. I, for some reason I just I have mental blocks of that. I love helping people, but when it comes to money I start getting all like nervous about it so that's something I'm working on but sales and outside of business I would say I am not good with car repair.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> so get everything wrapped up here. Laura, what is one place where we'll be able to find you the most?
1: <laughs> the Galapagos Islands. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that's my dream next spot, Galapagos Island. So if you go to copythatpops.com that will lead you to my podcast and courses and blogs with lots of free content and then in terms of social media you can find me with the handle laptop laura
0: all righty so laptop laura on social media and go to copy that com for anything else that you want to know about laura highly recommend checking out her stuff laura thank you so much for coming on the show today really really had a lot of fun with
1: you my pleasure i had fun too thanks for having me